Hi, this is Betsy Beers, and this is Scandal Revealed, the official Scandal podcast for the television programming Scandal on ABC. Thank you so much for joining me again. Today, we have the unbelievable Jake Ballard joining us, and that would be actually in real life, not Jake Ballard. It would actually be Scott Foley, who plays Jake Ballard, because it would be awkward if it was You're really so Jake kind Ballard. to say thank you, as I am half an hour late to see you to do this. Oh, you know what? All I care about is that I get to see you. I don't care what time I get to see you. We, I would have, I would have sat here happily eating a strange trail mix for. Sure, talking to business affairs minutes. about salary and, and actors. It's I like it's all, it's all good. There's always lots of things to do, but the most important thing to do is talk about scandal. Let's talk which about is why scandal. We're here, which is super awesome. So, by the way, best show in the world. By the way, super good, right? Yeah. yeah. Super good. We actually, before we started this very podcast, we were just speaking about the fact that. At this point, even he and I are confused. <laughs> like we are actually, he's in it and I produce it and both of us are desperately trying to catch up with what we think is happening and we read the scripts, shoot it, and edit it. And so we're, we're even just amazed at the velocity which this is moving and the intensity of these storylines. I read the scripts multiple times. I, I shoot the scenes. It takes hours to shoot each scene and I still am not quite sure what's happening from day to day. It's, it's amazing. Insane. And it's a bit like the character. It's a bit like, yeah, well, that's that's sort of the interesting thing, isn't it? That, I mean, aside from not knowing what's going on story-wise, these characters are constantly developing. Yeah. And that's that's what's so, A, that's what I love about TV is because there's no there's no end of the arc. We're always sort of somewhere up in the rainbow, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, you know, yeah. We're in the middle of, you know, you're, we're never going to find the pot of gold because <laughs> we never reach the I'm end. There's a leprechaun coming into this metaphor soon. I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> well, he's not here right now. Thank God. Um, it's actually a unicorn. His name is Tony Goldwyn. Okay, I'm, fine. I'm striving to be like fine, him. It's not a fine. leprechaun. It's all good. But that's the great thing about television and this show is that you're, you, every script you, you learn more about your character and, and I think that's the, the beauty of the show. Although it does get, um, because the storylines are so interwoven, uh, a little confusing at times. It's true. Now in episode 313, I think what's been incredible is this episode obviously we learn a lot more about Jake than we've actually ever really known before, which is if he's telling the truth, which you never know on Scandal one way or the other, he is speaking to somebody in the beginning of this episode and he's speaking very personally about a lot of things that actually in theory happened to him and how he ended up in B613 and how B613 became his family. This is in a way. this is actor's gold. Okay? Right? So getting information like this on the page that you have to say about about family and background and and history and steps along the way. It's the it, like I said, it's actor's gold. It's what helps me make this character more believable. And to when I first read that, I was like a jumping for joy. I couldn't believe that that they actually <laughs> like they doled out something that that never gets doled out. You sort of have to create this backstory and to get bits and pieces here and there is what we hope for. Exactly. And I think what's so interesting about Jake specifically, because when we brought you in, you really were a cipher. Like they all started as ciphers, but Jake specifically was brought in as a cipher. You know, it's sort of like your whole job was to be mysterious. Yeah. And yeah. not, for us not to be totally sure which side of the bread you had buttered on, so to speak. Like, wh who were you for? Who were you against? And little by little, we've now watched you spy on Olivia, turn out to be best friends with the president, kind of fall in love with Olivia, get tossed in the hole for doing exactly the right thing, get out of the hole, come back, get entrenched in this whole mishigas with all of these guys again, kind of still be after Olivia, sort of still be friends with the president, who then ends up giving you this amazingly gigantic job, which is kind of where we left you. And now in this episode, you actually are kind of getting your hands dirty in the job. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting thing that Jake, you know, he says he says to Olivia earlier on in the season, he said, you know, I, I was offered the job and I, I couldn't turn it down. I didn't want to turn, I, not only could I not turn it down, but I didn't want to turn it down. And I think he's, I think there is something innately good about him or he, he believes himself to be good. I think we all do. 
You know, that's a, that's a trait we all have. No one no one wakes up today and says, I'm a badass. Sorry, you know, I'm, I'm a, evil. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, and I, I think Jake wants to and believes he can do the right thing. And with regards to B613, Rowan has run this organization of which Jake was a part of for years and years and years in a way that Jake thought was maybe not the best way to do it. And he sees an opportunity yeah. to do it better. And one of the ways he believes he can do it better is by by not putting the burden of his decisions on other people. Whether it's noble or being a bit of a martyr, you know, who knows? But I, I think it's a very interesting choice for him to make. I do too, and I really love that whole idea that Jake feels like, to a large degree, that your biggest response, you have to take responsibility for your own actions, and that your interpretation of B613 is really taking responsibility for your own actions, as opposed to Rowan's, that was not what Rowan led with at all. Like, and that's the impression you don't get. For, Rowan seemed like a delegator. Yeah. You watched Rowan, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's been a really hard thing for me because Joe Morton, who plays Rowan so amazingly yeah, he's crazy well, so such a powerful force, it's been hard for me to not try to be that powerful force, you know, and, and to, to realize that and remember that, that Jake is wanting to do things differently, even though he has the same burdens on his shoulders, even mm -hmm. though he's lifting the same weight and running the same organization, he is choosing to do it differently. So it's, it's tough, especially when you act opposite someone or you see him do these beautiful scenes, to not think like, ooh, I get to do these scenes now. You do in a way, but even though the responsibility is the same, there's a different tact to it, you know? Also, it's Jake as the head of B613, but then there are these moments where you realize that just being the head of B613, some of the stuff starts, like the scene with Cyrus, where Cyrus is basically coming to you and going like, okay, you gotta help me out here, you gotta help me out here. And the look on your face, which is, you tiny, pathetic, little, froggy toad man, you have no idea how the world really works. It's amazing. And that's not Rowan, that's not Jake, that's the responsibility of actually the free world being on your shoulders. That's the reality. That sort of, it never really fully dawned on me until that scene. And I kind of oh, went, good. I was like, oh my goodness, I never actually fully saw it that way, but it's super clear in that moment because I found Cyrus's argument to be incredibly persuasive there. Uh -huh. You know, because he's sort of like, these are all the reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the enormity of the job I think in this episode is what is the beauty of this episode and the way it opens the episode and the way that, you know, you watch the way it resolves at the end, but that you fully understand the way to be 613 and also because it's the bringing in of Quinn. You know, it's the transformation of Quinn when he realizes that the fake relationship with Olivia has got to go back to being a fake relationship or no relationship. He takes Quinn into his own hands yeah, and stops selling fake paper, which is too bad. It's a really interesting thing, isn't it? Like, I, I love I love that, the whole Quinn storyline because I love, I think Jake's doing a little dance with himself because of his allegiance to Olivia. I don't know if taking her under his wing is the right term, but I think he wants to keep an eye on her, right? Because Olivia cares about about Quinn, Jake wants to sort of respect that and do the right thing, but there's going to come a point where where responsibility takes over and responsibility to the Republic in B613 and not to Olivia. I think for, for Quinn, for Katie, it's such a, a great transition for her because it's sort of what she always wanted. Now to get what she wants, it might be too much. It might not, but it's a it's a big deal. I still think that basically we all just, um, just for the listening audience out here, we're gonna do a table read actually after this podcast. <laughs>
but somebody just slipped a note into the door <laughs> telling us the table reads been delayed for 15 minutes. And we both looked at each other and thought that that was for some reason hysterically funny. We're talking about B613, which is a spy organization, and somebody slipped a note under the door, but you the guys. the thing is, it's not like, you have good people working for you. They typed it in bold face. They made it really big. They, oh my God, they spent time on it. I would have scribbled in a Sharpie like, hey. No, exactly, or knocked on the door yeah. and just passed a piece of paper. That's so, genius. So I just want you to know that my people have been trained to be 613 clearly because. They know what they, they're doing. They did waste some paper though. And they sold the coffee, do, they sold paper for a while, and they now. They did sell paper for a while. I also weirdly want to give props to the lobby set of B613 with those really funny, the logs. It's like, I don't know if it's what it is, but it's like you it's just- It's wallpaper. It's wallpaper with it's logs wallpaper. on it, which I think is high freaking hysterical. It's our, yeah, it's our, you know, our- <laughs> Your our, fake uh, office with your fake wood. Uh, production designers are amazing and set deck and we got there and it's a, it's like a woman's league building, right? I don't know what it is, the hallway that they built to look like the exterior, or the, the interior uh, welcoming area, the reception room of, of B613, and they put this amazing wallpaper. It looks like logs, which makes sense. I mean, oh, it's if the you're best. It's the Acme best. paper. It's the best, but it reads, it's great because it's a little bit Trump doy, so like, um, I don't know. <laughs> Total, total props to Corey Kaplan, who's our production designer, because huh. you kind of go, wow, it's a fake place with fake wood on the fake walls. Like, it's kind of amazing. It's kind of nice. It's just big Layers old, upon layers Layers upon, upon layers, layers right? right. It, is, it is B613. Exactly. How surprised were actually you when you discovered you were taking over B613, just as a side note? There, there's a secret that I don't know if is such a secret anymore because I've talked about it a bit, where we, we shot two endings. One was where I became command, and one Fitz pulled me into his office and asked me to be his vice president. And they didn't know uh, which way to go, which was more interesting, which was more dynamic, which one gave more conflict. And I, I mean, I, I loved both. I was so happy that they went with command, the command choice oh, yeah. for a number of reasons, but because I think it still keeps, it keeps that storyline going and keeping Fitz and Jake, regardless of their relationships, keeps them at odds a bit. Yeah, no, I think it keeps that great tension. I mean, not only is there the whole Olivia issue, but there's the, I gave you this job, now you're not listening to anything I'm saying. And then there's that incredible reveal that you have a man on the inside, which is, Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, and the fact that you know the fact that not only do I have a man, but they've they've had a man on the inside for so long, which for so long. which so makes we sense. We knew before we knew that. Yeah, yeah. Which is so much better. Yeah. Than anything ever. Twitter and Facebook fans have some questions for you, Scott oh, Foley no. as Jake Ballard. I love Twitter and Facebook questions. They love you too, as it turns out. What? When did that happen? I think that there's such such love out there right now for Jake and all his conflicts. It's pretty interesting. You think that's going to stick around? I do. I'm just going to say at the end of this episode, I have a love for Jake for taking charge. I don't know what happens, but I still really respect that he he's taking care of his own business. That's the way I look at it. Uh, and I think that's there's a responsibility that has to be done, right? And for Jake to accept, willingly accept, and shoulder that burden is, I think, is admirable. I do too. I think it's heroic in its way. Emily wants to know at gladiator underscore op, if Jake could bring one thing to put into command's office, what would it be? I have to tell you, I think in his desk, there's a picture of his father. I, I, it's such a great question. I'd never thought about it before, but I think there is something in him that, and I, I, I don't know, obviously, about their relationship. If his father was not around for him growing up, th there's obviously reason for it. But if, if he was, I, I think Jake had to distance himself from family years and years and years from ago. From the sense of that opening monologue, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think he, as we all do to a certain point, I, I think he, he yearns for something like that. So I think a picture of his father. Armani? The Gladiator. Oh, sure. At Giorgio Armani. Does Jake really love Olivia or does he just want to steal her from Fitz? Oh, that's the question. Well, I don't think that 
he is ever, I don't think his intent is to steal Olivia from Fitz. I think that would be petty. I think there's two ways to think of it. He either really loves her or he needs her to do his job better, or he did need her, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? We never found out before whether or not he was pretending to love her so that he could get close to her and do all the things that Rowan had asked him to do, or if he really did. And I think it's still kind of up in the air. I think, I think it helps him professionally to keep her close, uh, although in his position now, I think it helps a little less than it did. But I also think that maybe he really loves her. Tiffany Spears at Spears TS, will we find out the origin of Jake and Fitz's friendship and Jake's backstory? What do you think? We know a little bit. You know, we know they were in the military together. We know they were in this operation together. We know Fitz was Jake's commanding officer. Will we find out more than that? I hope so. I can't be sure, but I, I think there's something interesting there, whatever that moment that made Jake and Fitz become closer than they were to the rest of the guys in their unit. My fingers are crossed because I want to find out more. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Note to the writers, writers, note. Note, note to, to the, the writers. writers. Make Foley and Tony look younger. <laughs> and while you're at it, writers, can you make me look like younger? Because I'm not on camera, but I don't care. If they get to look younger, I want to look younger. You know, Bobblehead lo lives at Bobble Bobblehead Lives, which just wants to know what your favorite board game is, which I find delightful. Do you have a favorite board game, Scott? You know, Bobblehead Lives throws a lot of questions at me on Twitter like that. You know, recently it's it's Cards Against Humanity, which I'm not sure if it's a board game. I mean, look, standard board game, it's hard to beat Scrabble or Monopoly. A good game of Scrabble, some friends. Yeah. Monopoly money can get in the way sometimes. Funny. Which... Isn't Monopoly just like life? I want a utility, <laughs> you want the boardwalk. Right. Why don't you just go... What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Why, why don't you not just... pass go, huh? How about you don't pass go? Why don't you How about you don't collect here? $200? How about you go to, go to jail? Go to jail. Okay. Go to the hole. <laughs> you take it. You take that light blue. Luke Lucas at Big Luke Lucas says, as commander, are you going to outlaw the use of the hole, or do you think it could be useful down the road? I think the intention is not to use the hole in the same way it was. However, I think, I think the hole has future potential. I don't disagree with you. I also think maybe you could decorate the hole. Maybe a little bit of hole decoration, might we? Hole deck. Hole deck. I don't I know. Could, I could put some flower down You know what? There. We should put Quinn on that. Maybe paper the walls or do paper, something. Do some, maybe some wood. Mm. Some wood wallpaper. Thank you so much, Scott Foley, for doing this. Thank you guys for caring. Um, I'm sorry I'm late, caring. but I, look, I could, I could. Just remember, you guys, Scott Foley, 10 minutes late, is better than most people on time. Uh -huh. Let's keep that in mind. However, and Scott like, Foley, 30 minutes late, is going to get to talking to when this shuts off. I like, to, I like to say, always worth it. Always worth it. Um, thank you so much. Thank and you. please remember that I'm going to be back next week, this coming Thursday at 10 p.m. The episode's called Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Oh, come on, come on. I mean, who doesn't want to watch this? Because after this week's episode, don't you want to find out what he was shooting at? Oh, my goodness. It's big, you guys. You got to watch it. And next week's episode, I'm going to say, is unfreaking, unbelievable poo balls amazing. Just, it is amazing, amaze balls, incredibly emotional, tense, exciting, upsetting episodes. So my wife said Twitter's going to break. Twitter may break. It may technically break. It may. It may break. It's like like a little dangling arm when you break it. It might break just like, just like that. That's how Twitter might break. I just did a visual of an arm, which was very bad mind, by the way. Please um, join us next week. Don't forget that we're on Facebook, on Twitter. Our official hashtag is the incredibly original hashtag scandal. We're on Pinterest and Tumblr. And for those of you like me, we're on ABC.com as well. If you don't really spend much time on Pinterest or on Tumblr. I love watching you talk to nobody right here. Right? I'm it's just really talking great. into space. <laughs> you kind of look around. And Scott. I feel like you're Carl Sagan thinking about things. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott's sitting and thinking, I really want lunch. Why did this happen to no. me? No. 
This is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Scandal. This is Scandal Revealed. Please join us next week. Have a great, safe week in between. Do not miss next week's episode. And also, you might want to watch Grey's Anatomy as well. Bye-bye. <laughs>